Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often, they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point, why did they make that decision, and most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Sammy Wiegent as our special guest. Sammy is the co-founder and CEO of Speechless Inc., a startup that takes performance techniques from the worlds of improv, comedy, acting, and storytelling, and applies them to public speaking and people's everyday lives. In addition to his work at Speechless, he's been performing comedy all over the world for the past 20 years. He has a Bachelor of Fine Arts and Master of Fine Arts in Acting, has been seen in dozens of TV and web commercials, and has won numerous awards for his acting work in film and animation. He has been featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, San Francisco Chronicle, LA Weekly, and the Huffington Post. So Sammy, we always like to start our podcast by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Let's see. A few come to mind because my background, as you just mentioned, is not in business. And as I became uh, what I like to call in the early years a entrepreneur, not really knowing how to be quite an entrepreneur, uh, I'm always looking for, you know, podcasts and, and different things like that that can help me. And the ones that stick out are I've loved Masters of Scale uh, for a long time, uh, how I built this. But just recently, the thing I think that sticks out is I got a Harvard Business Review subscription because I found that, like, every time I don't know something as a business owner, I obviously Google it. And the thing that keeps becoming more and more consistent is that Harvard Business Review has at least the answer I think makes the most sense for me. So I would answer that because that's where I, I tend to go now. Uh, hello, Sammy. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Of course. And- Thank you for those insights on the on the podcast. So I want to ask you a couple questions about that. I like how yeah. you said I'm a entrepreneur. I haven't heard uh-huh. that before. I might, <laughs> I might steal. I might steal bad. And well, it was a fake it till you make it uh, mentality in the early early days of speechless because I had absolutely no idea how to really, uh, I guess, talk the talk as a business owner. I just felt very passionately about the business that I wanted to start. Mm, I, I think you. You know, every industry has its own language and in the fine arts, in acting, in comedy, in business, and even within business, every industry. And so figuring out that language um, and kind of faking it with that language is is important because it's they they all like their own uh, vernaculars. So appreciate that. What about the and by the way, I feel like I have to give a bias of um how much I secretly love comedians. So thank you, Sammy, for being on here. So people are like, she seems really nice to Sammy. 
because I love cooking. <laughs> because, well, I haven't done that in a while, but thank you. Well, well, then maybe the love isn't there anymore, Sam. Yeah, no, I just, oh, wow. but I do, I have such a bias for, for comedians. So, so I'm just going to, I like to be authentic and honest yeah. and there's my bias right there. Um, well, that's great because I mean, one thing that I would say about, you know, what I've learned about my background and where I now am in my life and my career is that these two, these two worlds of like, whatever you want to call it, comedians and entrepreneurs have a lot more in common than people think. And that's, that's what kind of built up a lot of my confidence over the first few years of Speechless is that I was, I started to think that I wasn't enough or that I didn't know how to do this. And obviously that's what a lot of us struggle with no matter what we're doing. But then I started to really realize that these two worlds have a lot in common, you know, like entrepreneurs and comedians are people who are fully capable and confident with putting an idea out into the world and getting immediate feedback from the public whether it's an open mic or a beta test. Uh, they're also people who don't want to be told what to do. They want to, they start their own thing or they do it on their own. And they also just want to wear hoodies and sneakers to work. So that, that fit in pretty well for me as well. So I started to really, after I started to kind of connect the dots there, feel better about how I didn't have this illustrious career in business and that I actually, I actually had been entrepreneurial the whole time. I just hadn't necessarily channeled that energy and that, that expertise, if you will, into a business idea. So yeah, I feel a lot better about it now. I, so that entrepreneur uh, started to kind of like change, like the way I started to describe myself. And now I kind of describe myself as a startup comedian instead of a stand-up comedian, uh, because I'm still a little bit of both. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent one or the other, and I'm okay with that. I, I, what you said, I think is so powerful for people to hear because as I mentioned with everyone creates their own language and industries, part of that is because we, we create it and it, it answers a question that, or it, it helps people understand, but it also is a way to block people from coming in. Right. Mm. So, so, it, uh, you don't understand every industry I've been in, Sammy, when you go to hire, they say, ah, they'll never understand this industry. We're beer. We're, we're, we're staffing every industry, every time they're like, they won't understand. And what you saw and what is so powerful is it's transferable skills and people mm -hmm. somewhat downplay those transferable skills. Mm -hmm. But when you think of a comedian, what are you doing? You're hustling constantly. Where's my next gig? How am mm -hmm. I going to eat again? <laughs> Where am I going to showcase my skills? And that's exactly what business people have to do, especially entrepreneurs. You mm -hmm. have to have that mentality. You have to build your brand. You have to think about what's your hook. You have to practice your pitch, all of the things you do. And you, as being on stage, have to connect with people and you have to take that feedback and you have to listen and you have to adjust. And that is business. That is a, being an entrepreneur. That is starting your own business. And you have to not be so rigid and say, oh, wait, the audience really likes this. Okay, all right, I'm going to go over here. And that's a revenue model. Like, okay, well, the market doesn't like this. I'm going to move over here for this revenue. Mm -hmm. So you were a business person. You just didn't know it. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, I look at some of those, uh, you know, those years of doing acting and comedy and the skills that that taught me are really coming in handy now, right? And just mm -hmm. being able to be, uh, very resilient and, and being able to uh, take a punch, whether it's from just the, the crazy year plus that we've had, or it's from, you know, potentially 
you know, whatever you want to call it, constructive criticism or negative feedback from a, a user or a client. Uh, went through so many, so many experiences as an actor and a comedian where I didn't get the, you know, the expected outcome, if you will, from the audience. And that has helped me to be able to take that feedback and get better and, and kind of, you know, sit with it and wonder what could I do better to, you know, make that person feel you know, not necessarily happy, but, you know, like that we've reached the expectation they wanted us to reach or how do I address my team in a different way? So, yeah, there's so many different transferable skills, as you said. There are. And I think the, the biggest one that that people should really think about is the leadership skills that you that are being transferred that you have, because what you learned in acting and comedy and the yes and and improv that is being aware of this other person. And mm-hmm. that's where so many leaders struggle of listening. Where is this person at? What does this person really want with their career? Why is this person struggling in performance? And that being so aligned and attuned to their employee is so critical and what so many struggle with. And we've seen a lot of leaders have issues with with changing during remote work and really talking to their employees and caring, because that's really what it comes down to is, do you care about me? And you've been, because your whole, your career and your, your work has been being in tune with this other person, that leadership skill was so easy for you to transfer to having a team, I would assume. I think it's definitely helping. I think that I, uh, you know, I have a long way to go just like anyone else. And, you know, I, I think I have my successes here and there, and then I have my missteps here and there. But yeah, it's definitely really interesting to think about how when you're a performer, you always, you always, I think if you're doing what you do, have an audience, whether that audience is, is in person or, or maybe even, you know, now that we're doing a lot more virtual and on demand work, it could be uh, asynchronous and and virtual audience, Mm -hmm. but that audience is there and that audience is just as important to the performance, if you will, as the performer, and you need to understand what that feedback loop is. So it's really important, I think, internally on my team for us to have as many different uh, feedback loops and, and kind of two-way communication channels as possible for us to be able to speak to each other frankly and candidly and get that feedback and improve this process mm-hmm. or improve this interpersonal relationship. And I think in the beginning, because you know, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts because you've talked to so many people that have, you know, an entrepreneurial background, but like, I didn't really quite know how to set those things up from the beginning. They weren't, even though I had this background as a performer, I didn't just start a business and go, all right, great. Every, every meeting is a show and the audience is the person receiving the feedback and, you know, all these, all these analogies, they weren't, they didn't just come out of, uh, come out of nowhere and just, uh, get integrated into what we were doing. I was just trying to learn the very, very, very basic things. And, and now I understand that, taking the power of, of concepts and techniques like yes hand from the improv world and applying that to just about everything we do mm-hmm. is a much better leadership framework for me than trying to learn a bunch of things that I don't have experience with. Now I sometimes sponge them up and I'll cherry pick this or that from the resources that I mentioned, podcasts and blogs and magazines. But really what really kind of was like a tipping point for me, was just realizing all the things I already know, are valuable and valid in this forum. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. I can just put a little twist on them or if I could just kind of Mm -hmm. 
bend it a little bit that direction so that it makes sense for either an all hands <laughs> with my small company as opposed to doing a one person show, if you will. Like, and that's a that's a really specific one. Like I do a quarterly all hands. And last year I started making the all hands an on-demand video because we got so much more into video production in the past year plus. But I treat my all hands like I used to treat, I did several one-person shows over the year, which was a mixture of like storytelling and stand-up and multimedia. And that made sense to me as opposed to, oh my gosh, I'm, an, I'm doing it all hands. I don't know how to do this. I'm not a, I'm not a real business owner. I'm not a real CEO. I'm just a person who gave myself that title because I started a business. But I started to think of them like, hey, these are things that I actually know how to do. I know how to put on a show. I know how to tell a story. I know how to motivate people through these different performance techniques. And, and now I get excited about them every few months as opposed to thinking, you know, you're an imposter. Why are you doing that? Your company's so small. No one needs to hear what you have to say. Well, that's probably more reason that my company needs to hear what I have to say because we are so interconnected. I have a small group of people and they need to, they need to know what's going on. And one of the only ways I can do that is through this kind of uh, forum or channel and me putting my, my performer touch on it. And, and our philosophy is if you're a presenter, you're a performer. So really kind of walking that walk and saying, Hey, every time you host a meeting or you are in a one-on-one -on -one with a manager or yeah, maybe you're doing an all hands or quarterly report type presentation. That's a little show. And you should think of yourself as the star of that show. And therefore you need to get comfortable with holding the, the attention of the room. And if you can transfer those skills as a performer into that, it'll be more entertaining, more engaging, more memorable. People will walk away with the information, which is really the point of all these kinds yes. of things is that people need to, learn something and then sh share information or knowledge, data, what have you, and then go and share with other people. So I really, I really started to kind of become more and more comfortable with the fact that what I did for 20 years or so prior, you know, or at least since I was a teenager up until Speechless started, uh, actually is really valuable in what I'm doing now. It's just that the audience is different and the impact is different. Instead of trying to make people laugh or entertain them, I'm trying to motivate them. I'm trying mm -hmm. to inform them. Hopefully sometimes, you know, because humor is just uh, something that I, I care deeply about. doesn't mean I'm always funny or always know what to say. But sometimes I do want to make people laugh and entertain them. Sometimes that's for boosting morale or that's for kind of balancing that plate of like, well, I have some, some not so great news that I need to share. So what's a way in which I can frame it that I can prepare people mentally and emotionally for it? Uh, last year for everybody on planet Earth, that was... The case study, right? Like, how do I talk about how our company is going to have to shift um, from a budgetary perspective, or we're going to have to maybe even shift roles because our services are not as, um, you know, they're not in high demand for obvious reasons. So, yeah, I found all those things to be incredibly useful. Yeah, and I think what I really appreciate about the the, the insights you gave us is. One, on an individual level, you shifted your paradigm because you could have been very stuck in, I'm not a traditional, the stereotype of the CEO where I went to business school and I've cut my teeth and I went to consulting, you know, I did consulting work and things like that at McKinsey. And instead of that, you're like, no, I have these other skills. I can do that. And let's not get stuck in some kind of negative thought patterns. So that's mm -hmm. such a good lesson for people to hear. And then also that storytelling and, and the performing aspect 
is 1 million percent correct in business. And I think more businesses, if they understood storytelling, if they understood that it's always a show, it's always trying to get your information out there. It's no matter what you're presenting, think of the audience, how they're going to engage and how they're going to absorb that information and what you want them to do with it. It would transform business. But I have a question for you, Sammy, before we get to the Mm -hmm. big question. So I know you're listening to these, these podcasts and and Harvard Business Review and and the Masters of Scale. What coming from outside the business world? It's like when you travel and you and you go to another country and you're like, that is so interesting. Why do they do that? What did you think if you have one of when you're listening to these business podcasts and you thought, what? Why? Why do you do this? That is so strange. Like you're a, a you know you're in a foreign land, Sammy. What kind of did you have a moment where you're like, that's like a weird thing that businesses do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot of those that come to mind because the world of being in kind of a office setting, a, a more kind of traditional corporate settings was very foreign to me. So even before listening to those uh, blogs and or listening to those podcasts and reading blogs and, and books about you know business in general, the thing that stuck out to me, I think it was in 2011, I got my kind of first quote unquote real job. I worked at Zynga, the gaming company for about five years where a lot of the eureka moments for speechless occurred. And I would say the thing that stood out to me that was so strange was the PowerPoint, you know, which is funny because that's really kind of how speechless started. I was just below. I mean, I had heard the death by PowerPoint, uh, you know, phrase. And I had, I knew that people did this all the time at work, but I had never been in that setting before. And when I got there and was, you know, in all these meetings all the time, which was very, very foreign to me as well, it just blew my mind how much information was delivered via this, you know, tool, uh, which can be really, really impactful and valuable, but how much people use it and how little they work on how to use it well. Um, and, and less about the even tool itself, but like them realizing that they're not a they're, they're such a big part of the process, but they don't put any emphasis on that. So that was the big, like weird thing for me coming in as a performer, watching people get up literally in front of rooms every single hour almost and put on a little show and how little they prepared for that experience. Because then I took that step back and was like, wow, this is crazy. Most of my job is watching people give like little business shows, right. you know, like you get in, you get in this room, we're in room A today, we're in room yeah. D, whatever, you know, they had much more weird names than that. Um, but yeah, everybody gets their little, their little slot throughout the day and throughout the week to put on a little show. And that shows takeaways are supposed to be valuable information or, you know, action items that you're supposed mm-hmm. to take and do something with, but the shows were terrible. And they were not, they were not booked well and they were not run well. And the people had not rehearsed and all the things that, you know, if you're like mapping it to a show, uh, they were not produced in the way that was to my liking. And I saw an opportunity there, but that was the thing that stuck out. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is not what I thought I signed up for. I'm going to have to sit here and watch terrible little, uh, performances all day, every day. How yeah. can I avoid that? Or how can I, how can I change that? So yeah, I the, love the second that thing is, was the big part of it. For me. 
I, I, um, here's the question that people need to ask themselves. What tomato rating would I get for this show? That's, <laughs> that's, that's because you were uh, watching a lot of shows that would have been canceled on Broadway immediately would have maybe never made it. And their rotten tomato score would be, you know, like what the tomato score would be like 1% fresh tomatoes. Or something <laughs> like that. So, um, well, this is so lovely. Kelly and I always joke that we could just have this as the podcast, but we do have a main question of mm. what is the decision you made, Sammy, that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are some of those charge qualities that you used to help you make that decision? Yeah. I mean, I think back to, as I mentioned, I was working, I was working at Zynga 2011 to 2015, something like that. And in the middle of there, I came up with the concept for Speechless Live, which is our comedy show and how our company started. People improvising presentations they've never seen before. So watching all those PowerPoint presentations made me think two things. One, this would be a funny concept to watch comedians do this because it did look like some of my colleagues had never seen their slides before. They would click the button and then just look completely befuddled. And I had empathy for them. I was just like, oh, my gosh, they... They don't know how to rehearse, so therefore they're not remembering what's coming next, or they're nervous, or both. Uh, so I, I thought there's an opportunity to help people with that, um, and from a coaching and training perspective. But I also thought it was really funny, you know, think of comedians just clicking through a bunch of slides and trying to make make something make sense there. So that big decision for me was: Do I jump ship and do I do this full time? Do I, you know, do I try to make speechless either the show or the training uh, part of the you know company it wasn't quite a company yet do i make that my full-time focus and that was a really tough decision so i went to a, a career counselor and this person has been completely influential in my my trajectory and i think she's aware of this but i haven't talked to her in a while and uh, her name is yasin bell and she's based in oakland i'm based in san francisco and she gave me something to think about that I think about every single day now, which I'm about to tell you because now most of my team and my friends and my family know this, this story, which was she kind of had me talk about my career and how I had done this and done that. And she put it into a, uh, you know, an analogy for me that basically I had become an expert hunter of rabbits, but hunting rabbits wasn't, a challenge for me anymore. And because it wasn't challenging, I wasn't proud of it when I made a, a kill, if you will. I'm not super comfortable with the hunting analogy, but you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and then that no one was also impressed with the, the, you know, the efforts that I, had, you know, put forth because they had seen me do it before. So she made this really, really great um, analogy about how like all of my successes were rabbits and it was kind of redundant. And while I was, um, I, you know, she said it, you know, and it hit me, uh, you know, struck me to my core. She said, you've had successes. You've had a lot of them up to this point, but in your own eyes, you're not successful. Mm. And that hurt. It was true. Uh, it made me reshape my, my thinking about what I wanted to do, but Back onto the, the hunting analogy, she said, you have to stop hunting rabbits and go after your bison. And so when she said that, it made all the sense in the world. She was basically saying that you need to say no to some things and you need to 
know that there's something out there that might be more elusive and you might not ever catch it, but the pursuit of it is going to give you much more purpose and you're going to channel all of your energy into it. And whatever, whatever it is, is going to be more gratifying as a career, as a vocation, as a complete journey within your professional life. And that you should just uh, put down whatever, you know, hunting apparatus you're using to go after the rabbits and you need to pick up a new toolkit and start tracking your bison. And the bison for me became speechless uh, because it wasn't my job yet. It was just something I was kind of doing in my free time, which I had uh, not much of when I was at Zynga, but it was starting to snowball. And I was starting to see that, Hey, if I actually did this all day, I might be able to you know, talk to more companies or put on more, whatever, you know, complimentary workshops for people in different industries and fields. And maybe if they show up to these little sampler workshops, they'll be interested in hiring us for what we do because we need to get, we need to get some clients in the door just so that people can see that this is valuable and then we can rinse and repeat with that. But that idea of hunting my bison or bison over rabbits is something that is huge now within not just my thinking, but my team's thinking. Everybody uses that phrase now. Like you'll see in our Slack messages, bison, greater sign rabbits here and there. Uh, people gift me bison. I have a bison painting behind me right now. I have somebody cross-stitched me something. I have dolls. I have a, what do you call it? Like a little stress ball in the shape of one. I mean, it's out of control. Like I, I think that people think that I'm an infant. Uh, and they keep. <laughs> I guess I'm going to get a onesie for Christmas. But but that's the thing that I would say has really changed everything in my life and my career is that I stopped hunting rabbits and started hunting my bison. And my bison is my company and my company has been my focus professionally ever since that day. What Sammy, when you, I, I, I do appreciate that analogy, not a hunter, but I get it's the, it's almost the white whale in a way. Um, what, when you said, you said something when, when your career coach said you've had success, but in your own eyes, you're not successful. And you said that hurt and it was true. How some people have that moment, like maybe they see that bison or they know there's something out there, but Sammy, they can't make that leap over kind of the hurt or the self-reflection or the negative talk. How did you kind of manage that hurt and then say, and my bison is speechless and, I, and I'm going to go for that bison. How did you make that leap that jump that chasm, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I just thought about my career and how I had done so many different things, which to a certain extent, up to a certain point in my life and career, I, I kind of hung my hat on that as a, uh, either a strength and I, I do think it's a strength, but at a certain point, there was uh, there was not a lot more that I could do that was very different than what I had already done, and so I felt like it wasn't it wasn't culminating in anything. It wasn't kind of snowballing as one bigger uh, either opportunity or one not 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 like straighter path, but like one more definitive path. It felt like everything was going in different directions, almost like you're at a a crossroads and you could take any of those roads or those paths and it would lead you to another 
weird little side hustle that I had done, you know, like I had done all kinds of things, all, all really, you know, related to my background, some not so much, but a lot of them were related to my background. So it wasn't like I was trying out all these different professions because I definitely didn't have the skill set to do so, but they weren't adding up. They weren't going in the same direction. And, um, and I started to sit with that and, and, and think that, you know, while it's fun to have this variety and diversity to the little odd jobs that I do. And I like being able to, I think I liked being able to say that I was not one thing because I do think there is, and go back to the entrepreneur and stand up mm-hmm. comedian, uh, you know, stubbornness streak that I think they both share. I don't think uh, I know myself. I don't like being pigeonholed. I think that comes from being an actor. I don't like being typecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about being, I mean, most actors, if not all actors at some point will be, and some are, are exclusively typecast because they fill a very specific type of character demographic. And I just didn't like that. And I, even in my professional life outside of performing, I just didn't want to be known as just this one thing. And what I was seeing at that point when I was uh, working with that counselor is that that was starting to limit my growth. And that was starting to limit my or maybe it hadn't started then, it was already limiting my growth and my opportunities. And that I needed to, I needed to pick something. And I needed mm-hmm. to pick something that within it would give me the same gratification of the 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 variety of projects and skills. And and I started to see speechless as being something like that since I had uh, co-founded it with my co-founders Anthony and Scott, and we did this show and we had training and we had other potential opportunities down the road. The road. I started to look at the things that I liked doing. I liked performing. I liked creating, you know, theatrical productions and collaborating with people on that. I liked improv. I liked comedy. I liked helping people from a training and coaching perspective. I was pretty interested in this weird world that I lived in, which was the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. Was there a way to poke fun at it? Was there a way to help people in it, you know, from a team and company standpoint? So I started to see that the thing that I liked about all these other things I was doing was the variety in that if I just made the leap, I could actually build a company with a lot of smart people and talented people's help that gave me the same variety. It would just be under, under one kind of proverbial roof. And when I started to realize that that's when I started to think that I, I definitely need to do this and I don't know if it's going to work. And, uh, I, but I have to try, you know, going back to the, the yes and mindset of like, just say yes, um, because you don't know where it's going. You don't know where the scene is going when you're on stage. Well, I didn't know where this journey was going when I was at that crossroads. Mm-hmm. Sammy, I, you already have given so much good, um, advice and coaching to listeners throughout this. Is there any other additional advice that you would have for them to helping them find their bison or, or use any more of the, the great analogies that you already used, but what kind of advice do you have for people when they're at this crossroads like you were and, and when you found your career coach and trying to help you manage your, your next steps? Yeah, it makes me think of an exercise that we do that is a portmanteau that combines uh, Venn diagrams and inspiration. We call it Venspiration. It's just this idea of combining your your job or your skill set or what have you 
with your passion. So what I, you know, when I was talking about not feeling like I was cut out to be an entrepreneur or a business person or a business owner or whatever you want to call it, I started to really look at those two things, the thing I was and the thing that I was trying to be or wanted to be, you know, you can visualize two columns and finding the connective tissue between the two was really powerful for me. So it was so powerful that it not only gave me confidence and gave me insights into my, I think, leadership style and, and, and maybe even my philosophies as a business owner, but it domino affected how the business, I think, evolved. And it also has led to a lot of different things that my company has done. And, and it also, as I said, it's an exercise we use with people so that finding your, as we call it, inspiration, I think is a really, really powerful thing of knowing that if you're in a position, whether it's a, a job or a career path or even a, an organization, and you feel like maybe there's something something else for you, even if it's not immediately, and you re- feel really strongly about something else and you go, well, that's not ever going to be my job. Why would, you know, like sometimes people's passions, uh, you know, when we do this exercise, they combine their job with parenting or cooking or hiking, you know, something that you go, I, I'm not going to get paid to hike, am I? But you would be really, really surprised at the skills that you've learned from this passion, the the experiences you've had that actually do relate to what you're currently doing. And I think that this exercise, this thought exercise, and sometimes it's a, a verbal exercise we play with people, can be really enlightening into how you actually have a lot more gas in the tank for what you're currently doing mm-hmm. if you just bring in something that you haven't shared with people. I think a lot of us kind of check our personal lives at the door at work a lot of times. And mm-hmm. while I completely respect that, I think there's a lot to be gained from at least letting some of that in and letting the people you work with see you as a human being. And and once you're able to share that, you can sometimes feel very differently about what you're doing. Uh, but to go the other direction, you might find that there is great drive elsewhere and that you just need to not necessarily think of things as one or the other, but combining them. So kind of that inspiration or hybrid approach. What can, what are you good at in your job and what are you really passionate about outside of it? And what happens if you put those things together? Maybe it's a completely different job. Like in my case, it became a, a job that didn't exist that I carved out for myself and a company that I was really, really scared to make the leap to do. But I, I took that leap and uh, with the help of a lot of awesome people, we've been able to turn into something that has existed for a little while. Um, and that's that's what I would say is that there's a lot of power in looking at your full self, your whole self, and figuring out what could you combine that is you and maybe isn't anyone else and that doesn't exist. And maybe it's maybe it's a new opportunity or maybe it's a new way of thinking about your current opportunity. I that is so lovely, Venspiration. We Kelly and I talk a lot with people around what do you really like? The same thing you're saying. What is your passion? What, how is the, how is that manifesting in its, in its job, in your job or not? How can you kind of combine those two? And, and I think a great example and, and Kelly can, can speak to it as well is this just doing this podcast. This is not an HR podcast. This is not, we don't discuss HR topics. Kelly and I, our passion, one of our passions is really listening to these great stories and mm-hmm. not just the story part, 
but what's the action that people can take? Because people might like the story and go, oh, that's really interesting. But then they're left with, but I don't know how to start. I don't know what Mm -hmm. to do. And so our passion is very action oriented with inspiration. And it's how we came up with this podcast and just and to your, to your point of yes, and we don't know where it will go. It could go nowhere. That's fine. Or it could create something else. And we just want to try it. And But combining those gives you energy to do other things that maybe you don't like as much, like some boring HR stuff that Kelly and I do at times. But Kelly, what are your... Uh, I, I know your passion is not going to be improv. Uh, we were telling a great story about Kelly's... Um, uh, improv experience, um, before we get on this podcast. And, uh, so I know that won't be at Kelly, but what do, what are your thoughts about how we've combined our, our passion and our, in our job? You're certainly right. Um, I'm not the improv aficionado. Um, I would rather hide <laughs> in a bathroom for an hour and cry than to do, do improv. And I might've really done that in real life. Um, so just something about myself, but I do appreciate people who can take that craft and make it um, palatable for everyday people, because I do think in this world we live in, we do need more laughter. We do need to, um, not take ourselves maybe so seriously as we normally do. And what I really appreciate about what you shared among other things, Sammy, is how you looked at that combination of inspiration. I was just talking with my sister. She's made a career change and it was very difficult to make the decision in part because the decision was kind of made for her, but then she had to figure out what do I do now in this next chapter of my life. And like anybody, it can be really daunting. You're looking at a white sheet of paper, you're looking at a list of ads, and you're not exactly sure where to start or where to go. Um, I think what you've given is some very powerful insight and tangible insights that people could do by themselves. But I also love the idea of a career coach can be incredibly powerful. They help bring mm-hmm. you to center and give you the guidance you need to the point where now you have, you're covered in bison. You have bison everywhere. You can't <laughs> escape the bison. So <laughs> I so appreciate what you shared and your vulnerability too. That's been a common theme that we've seen emerge from this podcast series. And so your, your self-awareness, your vulnerability have led you to where you are. And we're just so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with you in our podcast. Oh, thank you. No, it's been lovely. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about Sammy and his organization, Speechless, feel free to do so on speechlessinc.com and speechlessplus.com. And we'll make sure to include all that contact information in our show notes. Um, Again, Sammy, thank you so much for, for joining our podcast and for sharing your really beautiful story. You're very welcome. I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.